Welcome to the Spiritual and Paid Podcast, a podcast show for the modern day spiritual entrepreneur chicks, where we discuss tips on business, spirituality, finances, manifestation, relationships, law of attraction, mindset shifting, and all of the juicy things in between. Here, we're striving to break all limitations, live our best lives, and be both spiritual and paid. And I am your host, Kiera the Goddess, and I help you turn your knowledge, passion, expertise, and gifts into a profitable online program. I help women shift their mindsets that keep them limited and stuck and not producing the life that they love. And overall, I help my clients slay goals, honey. Hey loves, welcome to my first episode of Spiritual and Pay. I am so excited to have you guys here listening to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this is going to be an exciting journey. So I plan on this podcast being unlike anything that we really have because I'm bringing realness to it, rawness, spirituality, business, real conversations, real tips for our lives. So you're going to get a little bit of business, a little bit of metaphysics, a little bit of law of attraction, a little bit of black girl magic, just all of that wrapped into one with this podcast. And so the first episode, the one that we are doing here right now, we're going to go into my backstory. So I'm going to tell you guys how I got started because so many people ask that. Like I get random people actually on both of my Facebook pages because I have multiple Facebook pages. Like how did you get into coaching? How did you make that a full-time career? And Tell me a little bit about yourself. So that is what I am doing today. I am going to go into my backstory and then I'm going to share with you guys pretty much the plans and some things I have planned for this podcast that you can look forward to and I'm just going to get right into it. So first of all, like so many of us, some people can't relate and some can't and that is one of the amazing things about my transition is that when I was wrapped up in my reality, I thought that that reality was everything and everybody understood and everybody can relate. And now that I have grown so much and met so many different people and put myself into a different social class and put myself outside of my comfort zone, I see that that is not the reality for most people. But I come from an environment where the mindset, the energy is just the negative energy and it's filled of lack and limitation and what some people would say the crab in a bucket mentality, but I've seen somebody say like, how did the crab get in the bucket? That's not even their natural environment, but that's another story for another time, but just to say that this, it just wasn't an ideal environment. Like my mom, uh, she was a CNA pretty much my entire life. And we know that CNAs, unfortunately, they don't really make that much. So I watched my mom work long hours and still just have enough to make ends meet. And then my dad, he wasn't so much like I would see him and 
that was kind of sporadic. He wasn't like in my life like that. He lived in St. Louis, Missouri. My mom moved us to Indianapolis and he was a guy that was in the streets. So I see him have a lot of street money and I seen that money come and I seen it go. And I just knew at a very early age that I didn't want either one of those to be my realities. And I had to make decisions at that point. So my journey to financial literacy and building my money mindset, it started at a very, very early age. Like when I really look back on my journey as early as like the sixth grade, I would sit on the bus and I would flip quarters with the guys. The guys all on the bus would do this thing where they flip quarters and if one person flipped heads, you had to flip heads. And if you did, you got the quarters. And if you didn't, the other person got the quarter. However that goes, I guess it's kind of like a form of gambling. But nonetheless, I would do that and I would take all of their quarters, honey. I'm talking about I would leave <laughs> with all of the quarters. And then I would go to the little candy store and put stuff in my book bag. And so that was like, it was my first introduction to making my own little money but as I transitioned into middle school and high school and middle school I was selling candy out of a little lunch box and that was my mom she was like always putting ideas in my head so I seen my mom have hustle she just never stuck to anything to where she turned it into a real business that was lucrative for her and I see so many other entrepreneurs do that now so I can relate when I see people doing things like that because my mom is just really a very very smart woman who had so many ideas but she just would start things and then stop and she had her own struggles that she went through with her childhood and dealing with different things and so you know, that that was a whole nother journey within itself. But nonetheless, when I got into middle school, I would sell the candy and I would make money from doing that. In high school, I was doing hair. I'm talking about braiding hair on the porch, the boys in the neighborhood, or people would actually come from other neighborhoods to get their hair braided. I would solicit to my bus driver and my bus driver friends. I'm doing micros, charging 95 to 100 dollars until i got my first job in the eighth grade um so i just have been a person that was working and i knew that i needed money to do the things that i wanted to do i left my mom's house early i was kind of kicked out at 17 and at that time i was i started to work two jobs and i would stay from friend's house to friend house until i could sign a lease you needed to be 18 to sign a lease and I did that so I guess you can say at, I would consider that homeless but not homeless like sleeping under a bridge just not having a stable living condition but I was determined I've always had determination I've always kind of had a plan and just had this fiery spirit to to rise above adversity and rise above the conditions of poverty or whatever it was that I was presented with I just always knew that I wanted more so I had a plan to move into my first apartment and my boyfriend at the time which is my husband which was my boyfriend at the time 
when I kind of told him about it, he was like, yo, I'm coming with you. Like we doing it. We doing it together. So we moved together in high school. So we were two seniors in high school living together. And our first apartment was $450. We split everything down the middle. We had an electric bill that ran about $80 to $90. We split that down the middle. And I remember when we first moved together, my boyfriend had said to me, which is my husband now, he was like, here, and make sure that you save your money. And I already like saved my money, but I didn't save it like how he was saving his money. But all he had to do was tell me once and then I was on it. And I, at that time, that's when I started to have a cushion of just about having $3,000 saved. And I was only making like $8 at one job, about seven fifty at another. So I wasn't making a crazy amount of money, but I had a crazy worth ethic. I knew that I was going to get it in. Like that was my mindset. Work, 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 get this money. And that kind of followed me throughout my journey of working and hustling and doing hair. So as I transitioned out of that, I, I got pregnant at 19. So I became a mother at an early age. And I remember when I got pregnant, I found out I was pregnant. We were signing a new lease for another apartment to move into a two bedroom. I didn't have a job and I was looking for a job. I ended up finding a job at a check cashing place. And I was like, I'm going hard because by the time my son is born, by the time my baby is born, I need to have some money stacked up. And I got that job making $10 an hour. When I say I went in there and I basically learned how to run a check cash in place. I would open and close the store. The manager I had, she didn't really want to work. She was just a lazy ass mess. Just a mess, I tell you. But it was cool for me because I was able to get all of this overtime. And so I'm pregnant. I worked up until maybe like five days before my son came. So I was working the overtime and I saved about $5,000 before my son got here. And I was determined that that just is the spirit that I've always had to, I was determined I would make a plan. I didn't realize that what, that I was, what I was doing at the time, like I was writing my life down. I wrote everything in journals. I told my money what to do at a very early age. And so that is when I got into the finance that, you know, I worked at a check cashing place and I seen a few things, a few lessons working at the check cashing place. There were people that would come there. It was a payday loan store too, as well. So it was people that would come in and get the payday loan. Then they would get paid and they would pay it off and take the payday loan back out. So basically they always had a loan over their head. And it was kind of some type of rule that was set up. I think if you did it five times, you couldn't get it because they didn't. They wanted to kind of get them out of the cycle, but they would just go to a different loan store and do it all over again. It was just really sad. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, I didn't really understand the mindset because I, I never I didn't I didn't do that. So nonetheless, from that. I ended up going into going to school. 
I, well, before that, I worked at the bank. So I went to work at the bank. I would do the same thing. I would put in the long hours, save up my money. And I dealt with a lot of racism at the bank because at that time I wasn't so much polished. Um, I had gotten a tattoo on my wrist, which a big mistake. But at the bank, they would tell me like they kind of groomed me to go into corporate and to be in a professional world, I had to look a certain way. I had to talk a certain way. I had to have my nails a certain way. And so I got transferred to a different branch with a different manager. And this guy, he was just flat out racist. Like I can't, I don't even know what else to call him, but I end up, I end up quitting this particular job and I didn't really have a backup, but I was like, I'm, go- I'm just going to go back to school to do hair. So I did that. I went back to school for a little bit. I did hair and then I went into a shop. I was about 22 going on 23. This is the first time that I made five figures in a month, guys. Some people think five figures is $5,000. Why they think that? I've had multiple people say that. I don't know. It's crazy, but five figures is 10000 to 99000 So I was making the low end of five figures, bringing in over $10,000 doing hair at such an early age. But this was a first when I really seen that I had to work like crazy. I would work. I would be in the shop working eight to 10 hours, not even taking a lunch break, just standing on my feet. I remember one time I got carpal tunnel in my hands because I was doing so many sew-ins, working so much like crazy. And so I'm a person that pride myself on my intellectual properties. And it was something that I struggled with. And I finally came to grips with it to tell myself, like, I kind of felt some guilt that I didn't go to school and I, that was something that I really wanted to do, but I couldn't get my passport form signed by my mom. And, you know, not to blame anybody. I, to, I have to take responsibility too. You know, I was kicked out and I had bills. And so as I'm applying for colleges, I didn't, I got accepted and I didn't go. But me being the intellectual person that I am, well, I went to, Ivy Tech for a little bit, but I I didn't really count that. I mean, it's college, but I'm talking about like a university. Um, so I pride myself on my intellectual skills because I'm always reading. I'm always like nerding out on things, studying things. Like I just felt like I was a really smart person. And for some reason, hair just didn't resonate with me. I felt like people didn't see my intellectual properties by me doing that so I was like okay the money is cool but I'm having to work a little bit too hard and I want people to know that I'm smart so that was a subconscious belief that was something that was embedded in me but nonetheless I walked away from that and I went into corporate a desk job I didn't want to do manual labor or anything like that so I'm going back into corporate and this time is in insurance. I still ran into the racism. I still was being a hard worker and had limitations over my head to where I got into one company that was really hard to get into, especially if you didn't have a college degree. But they 
chose me on the first round over 300 people because I had the credentials and I came in there and I sold myself and I had so much confidence and I showed them what I would bring to the company. So I end up being the only black person on my team and the only the only black woman period on the team and I worked with majority it was white men except the our team lead was actually a white woman at the time and she was nice and sweet and all but it was some people who came in with me some guys it was a couple of white guys they were so cool and they were younger guys and so we would share things over our messenger Um, we had a little system there where we can message each other And one guy, he was just like working a lot of overtime and he's bragging because we would see who could work the most overtime. He's showing his check because he had just invested in like a small apartment building in Noblesville, which is an area back home where I'm from. And I just thought that was so dope. But what I seen is that he was making like six dollars more an hour than what I was making. And I'm like, hold on. We got hired at the same time. We're doing the same thing. He didn't have a college degree either. And he's making $6 and he, $6 more. So he was making like $26 and he was not even in the industry before. And I was just like, man, this is so unfair. And I knew once I left here, I told myself when I leave, I am never coming back to work for somebody again. I managed to save over $50,000 in a span of four, a a little bit under four and a half years working a nine to five. So I used that money to start my first real business, which was Elite Private Home Care. I start Elite Private Home Care and I invest over $65,000 into it. And I felt like let me do something that that's different because I see everybody going into doing hair and doing lashes and doing this and that. And I did make up for a little bit. I've always been into that type of thing. It just came kind of natural to me, but I didn't feel like it showed my intellectual properties. So I felt like, okay, if I start this home health care company, this isn't something easy that just anybody can start. It takes an intellectual skill to start this. And it takes, um, you know, a nice capital to start it. And they make a hell of a lot of money. So these were the reasons I started the company. Not because I had a passion or anything like that. Just the reasons that I told you guys. So I went into this company and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But... The great thing, so not only did I not like it, it was just, it was a lot of hard work, which in entrepreneurship, I can't say that building my coaching business wasn't hard work. The difference was that I was passionate about it. But here is where the the irony comes in it because sometimes we can feel like something is a failure. Some people may have looked at me starting my home health care company Losing just under $70,000, walking away from that investment was a failure. But where the where God comes in at, where the creator comes in at is because I got introduced into an industry that I really didn't know much about. And it was my home health care coach. He taught me how to build a profitable home health care business. 
And I remember the first time I went to his event, that was the first time I went to a personal development seminar. I traveled to Phoenix, me and my husband, we traveled and he had like a two comma club award. And for those of you who are, who aren't familiar with like a two comma club award, that just means a person brought in over a million dollars in revenue people who he coached and I remember it was a black chick that got up and she got the award and it wasn't many of us there like it was maybe including me and my husband her maybe like one other person of color that was there and so she got up and she got this award and I'm talking about Beyonce formation type of energy just was going on and I'm like yeah yes sis you did that like I'm rooting for her in the inside because I see myself when I'm seeing my sister up there win I'm seeing myself like this could be me so it encouraged me a lot but still I didn't have a passion for the industry so I kind of let it fly fall by the wayside but what it did do for me is I got so much value from working with a coach. It changed my mindset in the way what I thought was possible. What I thought was possible was changed at that moment just to see somebody achieve, somebody that looks like me achieve something that was so great. And at that point, I knew I was like, I'm going to be a million dollar earner. I am going to do this. And that may not have been the vehicle. So I believe that everything happens for a reason. So God led me to that. The creator led me to this business. And it was a part of the plan for me to even walk away from that and take that loss in, in that investment to walk away from the home health care company. But I got introduced into coaching and that was life-changing for me guys mentorship and coaching is done so much for my life and it let me see that my passion because i've always had a passion to help women i've always had a passion to talk to young girls i've always been a thinker i've always been somebody who strategizes and solves problems and help my friends do that and I've made transformations in the people's lives everybody who has been a part of close to me friends and I don't care if I don't talk to them anymore like I have made an impact on the people that I have been close to and I've made I've seen transformations come from the people that I was close to so I I had a gift that I really wanted to share with the world, but I didn't think it was possible. And this business, getting into this business and seeing the coaching and the personal development let me know that it was possible. So I I realized at that time, you know, I kind of had fears like, oh my God, it's people that have been in the industry longer, but the home healthcare agency helped me see like, yeah, I went into an industry where People were opening home health care companies who had multi-million dollars of revenue coming in. They had the cushion to start their company with millions of dollars of investment in cash flow. And I didn't have that, but I still was showing up. So that let me know that in all industries, it's full of players who got started before me. But my passion will help me to 
persevered through the adversity. So I got into the industry to help women, to change mindsets, to teach metaphysics, because throughout this whole journey, I was also going on a spiritual journey and getting into different metaphysical practices and I got introduced into the law of attraction in 2009 through the book the secret and that book really changed my life and I basically decided to start my company and mix that together my financial literacy what I had learned about building a business um, and what I've learned about financing and budgeting and everything and I started my first coaching company which was be goddess inc and that took off like crazy for me like it it took off so fast i actually what i lost in 2016 when i started elite private home care the money i walked away from i went on to make that and be goddess with be goddess inc and a part of this story that i haven't shared before is that that i started to grow so fast i was dedicating so much time to the business that it really did have different toes on my relationship like I've been in a relationship that is a high school relationship and that is a different type we're we're going on 16 years and I'm 32 years old so that's literally half of my life so at that time I was going through some things that were different in my relationship so I could have definitely made more money within my first year but life happens and I needed to change my business model like I was dedicating so much time to one-on-one clients it took off like crazy I was having speaking engagements um I was putting myself out there to the public but I'm kind of an introvert so it became a little bit much for me even still because I'm like okay so I'm doing this women empowerment but I was running when I'm speaking at events and stuff. The women were still catty. It was still negativity. And it was just like a lot on my on my soul, on my spirituality. So I kind of like pulled back and I knew that I wanted to do a different model. And I really wanted to experience the laptop lifestyle. Um, it was something that I had always thought about. But I didn't really know how. So I did go ahead and invest into coaching to teach me like I've invested in so much coaching, so many courses, so many programs so that I could really learn how to monetize my intellectual properties over the Internet and still help more women and reach more ladies and change more lives. And I have been able to do that even with an extremely small following. And it is something that. A lot of people don't know how to utilize properly because if you get into it and you just don't know what you're doing, you can lose a lot of money. And I've been there thousands of dollars on Facebook ads when you don't know how to run run them. But even with a very small following, you can I have still been able to reach more women, slay goals and really be able to experience something that is important to me like I think that it is important to have balance to be able to make the money and still be able to show up for the practices for my sons and show up for the events that they need to have or just be able to say I don't have to worry about who's going to stay home with my baby like right now my oldest son is sick 
I don't have to worry about calling into work or something. It's like, you're sick? Cool. You can stay home. It's not no questions about it. So it's given me so much freedom. And I've been able to work with, in my first year of doing coaching, I actually helped 36 women um, transition from a 9 to 5 to being a CEO through my first course, which was 9 to 5 to CEO. I did that through one-on-one, and then I kind of did a little incubator to test the coaching, the course module. But I have transformed so much. I've transformed my mindset my money mentality to where I've always saved and had money put aside and I was always good at that but now my goals are different like I don't say things like I'm saving for a rainy day I save for opportunities and I'm stacking for the future I'm building generational wealth and I'm helping other women do it too and so that is a part of my backstory And you guys will hear more of it throughout the episodes, but I plan for this podcast, I am going to be doing a few interviews of spiritual entrepreneurs. And what a spiritual entrepreneur is, is just somebody that is still in tune with themselves, spirituality, but you could be doing care, you could be a spiritual lawyer, a spiritual tarot card reader like whatever you're doing it doesn't have to just be things because some people may look at that and think like oh they're doing businesses that just relate to spirituality and that's not true it's just about being a heart-centered entrepreneur somebody that wants to use the manifestation and the law of attraction in their business to manifest the clients and the money that they need by getting in alignment and working smarter and not working harder So through this podcast, I am going to share business tips, things that I've overcome, things that can help you in your day-to-day life. So guys, please stay tuned for the episodes, the future episodes, and I am excited for you guys to be on this journey with me, and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. listening to the spiritual and pay podcast show you can find me your host kira the goddess on instagram at kira the goddess all together and you can find me on facebook at kira the goddess and that is kira space the space goddess and you can find me on the web at spiritualandpay.com thank you guys and i will see you guys next time